Well, it's so good to be here this morning. Good seeing you. It's, uh, I pre- really appreciate Brother Jeff allowing me to fill in for him today. Uh, I would like to say this. I may be coming out of this thing because my ears are a lot bigger than Brother Jeff's. And I don't think it's going to work, but we're going to give it a shot. I want to share with you a portion of Scripture that I was saved back in 1974. The portion of Scripture is found in 2 Kings chapter 2. Now, that is right after 1 Kings. But anyway, uh, before you get there, I want you to... If you want to find that place, that's fine. But then turn over to Acts chapter 1. Now, this message is going to share a little bit of my story. But also, if you're a born-again believer today, it's going to apply to you. We are living in the last days. And Brother Jack, you did a good job singing uh, that song about flying higher. It's not long. We're fixing to take off out of this place. And I tell you, Paul said it's far better over there than it is here. And so anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord his blessings on the service. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be able to share the gospel. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father that you will bless, that you will fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that each person here today would have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Each person here today would be able to, Lord God, come to the place where they are empowered with the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. And Lord, if there is a soul here that needs to be saved, oh Lord God, May it be today because tomorrow could be too late. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, folks, we are living in the last days. You mark it down any day. You might as well be looking up because the Lord Jesus Christ could come back today. I believe, as uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah... And as in the days of Lot, so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you'll study Noah and you'll study Lot, you'll know that we are there right now. And so I won't go into that. That's another story. That's another message. But I want you to know that we have a wonderful story to tell. I love to tell the story about Jesus. You know, Jesus was born a miraculous birth. Jesus was born of a virgin called Mary. Jesus lived on this earth not only as man, but he also lived on this earth as God. I mean, everywhere Jesus went, he did right. Now, we can't say that, can we? We can't say that we're perfect. If you say that you're perfect, all I can say is you are using that word in the Bible, perfect, to mean maturity. But as far as real perfection, you and I are not there. I'm glad I'm not perfect. My wife would have a hard time living with me. Did you all get that? Okay. But anyway, uh, but Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. 
He walked on this earth. Everywhere he went, he went about doing good. And then, after 30 years of walking on this earth, he started his ministry. And there at that ministry, he was uh, baptized by John. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, fell upon him. And he began his ministry after he went through those 40 days of testing. When Jesus Christ lived on this earth those last three years, man, what a powerhouse he was for God. Oh, wouldn't you like to have just been a fly on the wall to be able to watch Jesus Christ in action? Man, I mean, if he needed to cast out a devil, he would cast out a devil. I mean, if he, if he needed to touch somebody and heal somebody, I mean, if he even needed to turn a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread, I mean, into uh, 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 just a, a multitude of food. I mean, he did. I mean, everything that he did. I mean, wouldn't you just love to have been there? That's why I love reading through the Gospels. I love reading about what Jesus did and the accomplishments that he had. But I want to say this, that Jesus just didn't live to do great miracles. He came and lived in this earth that he might die on that cross for you and for me. Can I get an amen? I'm glad he died for me. I wouldn't be worth a flip if Jesus Christ didn't die for me. I wouldn't go to heaven when I die if he didn't die for me. But when he went to that cross, he died on that cross. I mean, he, he suffered so immensely that what happened, he gave up the ghost. And there he died on that old rugged tree for you and me. They put him in a borrowed tomb. But three days the grave could not hold him. And we pick up here as he uh, came back from the dead. And he showed himself in verse 3 of Acts chapter 1. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I would have liked to have heard his last messages. I would have liked to have gotten those last instructions. And then the Bible says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus was simply saying, don't worry about it. And so what happens, he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I want you to know here, Jesus came to die on that cross, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. 
that every person that's born in this world is born into this world a sinner. And every person, I want you to understand, is either going to go to heaven or they're going to hell. And our responsibility as a church, the responsibility is of the lost. I mean, God placed the responsibility of the lost upon the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to realize this morning that every person that you meet, every person that you see is either going to heaven or they're going to hell. Now you say that's no big deal. Go to hell one day and I'll tell you it's a big deal. There was a man that went to hell and he had five brothers. And after he got to hell, he said, man, send Lazarus. Let him go back from the dead and tell my brothers not to come here. I'm telling you, folks, there is a heaven and there's a hell, and we've got to do something about it. And God has equipped the church to be able to take care of the business of winning souls to Jesus Christ. Now, you see that what they went to the upper room, and there they prayed. And they sought out God. And they got probably things right with one another. And then in Acts chapter 2, the power of the Holy Spirit fell. And the Bible says in verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other languages or other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I want you to turn back to me. Uh, turn back with me. To 2 Kings chapter 2. Now Jesus ascended. They said, why stand you here gazing? Because they saw Jesus go up into the clouds. Go up into the heavens. They said, this same Jesus is coming back. In other words, get down to the business of serving God. Get down to the business of sharing your faith. Because when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be witnesses all throughout the world. Now, there is a picture in 2 Kings chapter 2. And, you know, there was, you've heard, Elijah, the great prophet. And then there is Elisha, another great prophet. But Elijah was training Elisha for the ministry that God was calling him to do. And so we pick this up in chapter 2. Uh, and, you know, when I think about this story, I, I, I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. First of all, it's amazing because this is the story that uh, got me to look to Jesus and accept Christ in that morning service some uh, whole long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, uh, I want you to see something. This chapter is about the double portion of God's Spirit. Now, when I heard the message, I was lost as a jaybird. I knew a little bit about God. I knew about Charleston Heston and the Ten Commandments. I mean, I knew a few Bible stories. I could quote to you John 3.16. I could quote to you the 66 books of the Bible. But I was still a heathen. That's all you could say about it. And I started hearing this about the double portion. And I thought, all of a sudden, I thought, that's what's wrong with me. 
I just need the double portion in my life. You see, there was something missing in my life. There was something empty in my life. And when I heard this, I said, that's what I need, the double portion. But God knew better than that because when I was sitting in the pew, there was a cross, and that's why there's a cross back here because there was a cross in back of where my pastor was preaching. And while I, he was preaching this story, I was listening and focused on the cross, and that cross just began to move. And all of a sudden, that cross began to speak to me. And God said, you know, Jim, I died on that cross personally for you. And right then and there, I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was saved. Then I went to the altar and prayed with my pastor and said, uh, yeah, I'd like to receive that double portion of God's Spirit. But I want you to see first this morning the request. The request. Uh, notice in verse chapter 10. Verse 10, chapter 2. Let me read verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over, it was the Jordan, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Now, you know, that's a pretty good thing to be asked, what uh, would you like to have? Now, if somebody asked us this, we'd say, well, I'd like to have a new house. I'd like to have a new car. I'd like to have a new whatever, you know. I'd like to have this, that, whatever. But you know what Elisha asked for? Elisha asked for, I want a double portion of thy spirit to be upon me. That's very important. That was the request that he had. You see... Uh, that was a very hard thing. Notice what uh, Elijah said. Uh, and he, he said, uh, Thou, in verse 10, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. So thou hast asked a hard thing. You know why it's so hard? You know a double portion of God's Spirit is so hard? is because it's not within us. You know, the Spirit and the power of God is not about us. It's only about what He can do as a gift for you and me. And uh, so I, I think about this, and he said, you've asked a hard thing because you know something? You can say, well, I want the Spirit of God. But you know something? It takes a, a little bit more than just saying, I want the Spirit of God. I mean, do you desire the Holy Spirit of God? Do you desire the power of God in your life? Do you desire to be a witness for God? Do you desire to be used of God? Do you desire to make a, a, different in some, a, a difference in somebody's life? You see, a dying person often pronounced blessings upon others. And that's what Elijah was fixing to do, is to pronounce a blessing on Elisha. He asked the blessing of the firstborn, which is the blessing of a, a double uh, portion. 
Elisha wanted spiritual blessings over material. You know what we're living in, day, in this day and time? It's all about the material. It's all about, can I have this? Can I have this? Do you want this? Do you want that? There's nothing wrong with it. Man, I, I enjoy doing things. I enjoy uh, using things. I, I enjoy that. But what's the most important thing is the spiritual over the what? Material. And so what was the problem? Elisha asked Elisha or Elijah for something he couldn't give. You see, Elijah could give him his mantle. Uh, you know, that's very important, that mantle. You know what that mantle represented? That mantle represented the very authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means. And uh, Elisha said, well, if you see me go into heaven, my master comes for me. When that mantle falls, if you see it, you'll be able to have your request. That mantle, I mean, Elijah could give him his mantle. Elijah could give him his blessings. Elijah could give him uh, prayers. But only God can give you the power of God. Only God can put the power of the Spirit of God in your life. Only God can give you Holy Ghost boldness to witness. When you study the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, you know what it did? It gave them boldness. You know something? You say, well, I'm just timid. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, God said, get filled with the Holy Spirit and you'll no longer be timid. I know of a guy that was in our church years ago that uh, my pastor went to see him. And when he went to visit this family, this guy got up and ran out of the house. He thought, what in the world? This guy got up and ran out of the house. And so he went in, visited the wife and everything. Well, they started coming to church. This man, Conrad Ward, he was so shy. He was so timid in the church, in the, in the area where you came in, I guess the breezeway. I don't know what you call those things. But anyway, there was a coat rack. You know what he did? He came in. Instead of fellowshipping and saying, hey, brother, how you doing? He went behind the coat rack and hid. I mean, this is a grown man. That's how shy he was. But you know what? In our church, we had a church that was mandating the fact of the power of the Holy Spirit and witnessing and going in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. And, and as time went on, that man, I remember we were with the young people in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and what was going on there, there was this uh, big uh, wave pool, whatever, but Conrad Ward at that wave pool won his first convert to the Lord Jesus Christ. What happened? Conrad, as shy as he was, when he surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God, all of a sudden he started witnessing and winning souls to Christ. You say, it's not in me. It's only in you if you allow the Holy Spirit to put it in you. Can I get an amen? And so, the mantle was a symbol of his authority to do God's work. Now, I want to say something. I've been in a lot of churches since I've uh, I resigned the church here. And, uh, you know, they give out these little uh, cards for folks to fill it out. You know, visitors' cards. And this is what they say. They say, well, now, 
Now, don't worry about, we're, we're not going to come to see you. You know, we're not going to badger you. We're not going to this and that. We're not going to do, you know what that is? That's as much hogwash as I've ever seen in my life. You know what? God has given the, the, the mantle to the church to go. If somebody has visited the church, then that means they need a visit whether they want you to come or not. You know what? You have the authority to go and visit. You have the authority to go and talk to people about the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. If somebody's house is on fire, what do you do? You stay back, be timid, don't say anything, let the house burn down, let the people die. No, you awake them somehow. And that's the same thing with the church. You have the papers. You have the authority. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit to go. And if they don't hear you, then the blood is off of our hands. Can I get an amen? Are, are y'all following with me here this morning? Now, that is the request. But I want you to see also this morning the route that it takes for you and for me to become a dynamic witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are saved this morning? Well, that's pretty good. Amen. Amen. Boy, aren't you happy in Jesus this morning? It's always that way when the pastor leaves. You know, folks just get unhappy for the day. Amen. But anyway, the route. What is the route that must be taken to obtain the double portion of God's Spirit? What is the route that you and I need to take in order to become witnesses? I'm talking about bold witnesses for Jesus. Now, Jordan's hanging in there with me. I remember when he was a kid, he'd go home and tell Gary and Kathy all the stories I told. But anyway, I'm glad you're hanging in with me, Jordan. But anyway, uh, first of all, if you look at the very start of chapter 2, you see the route that Elisha took in order to obtain the power of the Holy Spirit. That same route is the same route that you and I will take in order to have the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Notice what the Bible says. And Elisha said unto Elisha, well, let, let's start at verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went from Elisha, uh, went with Elisha from Gilgal. Now, Gilgal, the Bible, that word talks about a place of offering. A place. You see, to have the power of the Holy Spirit, it starts with you and me offering ourselves to Jesus Christ, accepting Jesus Christ, and being saved. And so that's where it starts. Now notice what Elijah said to Elisha. And Elijah, verse 2, said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. In other words, this is what happened. 
Elijah said to Elisha, just tarry here. Don't go any further. You know what? That's just what the devil wants for you and me just to get saved. And that's as far as he wants you and I to go. Don't go any further than that. Well, I got my free ticket to heaven. I'm going to heaven. But I'm going to tell you something. Listen, that's only the starting. Man, that's, that's, just, that's just starting your walk. And so the first thing, if you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, I think I'm losing it. But that's all right. If it flies, it flies. Let her go. Amen. But anyway, it starts with you being saved. And so then what happens? Then the Bible says, and Elijah said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went to Bethel. Now what does Bethel mean? You know the story of Jacob. You remember what happened? There he fell. He was running away from uh, his brother because his brother's fixing to kill him because he stole his birthright. And there he laid down and all of a sudden made a, a, a pillow out of a stone. And next thing you know, I had a dream of a ladder a, uh, uh, going from earth right on up to heaven. On the other side of heaven was God. And uh, angels ascending and descending. And are, are you getting, are, are you hanging with me? If you can give me one of those do-jiggers. In about an hour and a half. No, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Hang in. Hang in there, folks. I, I mean, I'm trying to teach you something here this morning. But anyway, so what happens... There, there he was, ascending the angels. And you know what? When he woke up, he said, whoa. He said, man, I didn't realize God was in this place. And he called the place Bethel, which means the house of God. Now, we all understand how important the house of God is, how important church is. Today, I don't know what's going on. But listen, today, we're just forgetting to have church anymore. I mean, listen, when we come to church, let's give God our best. Man, let's have the preaching. Let's have the singing. I mean, let's have the worship. Man, let's just have a good time. Amen. Are you with me on that? Don't you all like to just have a good time in church? Amen. I mean, I liked old uh, Deidre up there. Man, she is smiling, clapping. I thought something was wrong with her. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, it starts also to Bethel. But notice he kept saying there every place they went, they talked about Terry here. That means reluctance. You see, God doesn't going to take you as far as you want to, uh, you know, he'll, he'll let you go as far as you want to go. If as far as you want to be is just saved and that's it, hey, that, you know, he's not going to force you. He's not going to make you. If you want to get to the house of God, man, and go to the house of God, he, man, he's for it. I mean, he's with it, but he's not going to just drag you down here at the church. Although sometimes we look like we've been dragged in. You know, let's, let's see what the cat drug in. Amen. And uh, so, so we see there that then he goes to Jericho, the place of fragrance. I think about Revelations 5.8. Uh, harps and golden vials full of odors which are the prayers of the saints. I like Luke chapter 11, verse 16. How much more shall the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit 
to them that ask. You know, something's not only to be saved. It's not only to be in the house of God. It's not only uh, that, but we also come to the place where we get alone with God and pray and call upon God that God will do it. Now, this is a test. It's always a test. God's always testing you and I to see how far down this path that we'll go. See how far that you and I will really go with the Lord. And so then we come to that last step, that last stage. They went from Jericho to Jordan, the final test. You know what Jordan means? Descender. Jordan means death and surrender. I mean, it's when you just fully get surrendered to God. I mean, it's the place where you're just dying daily. I mean, you're placing your life under the control of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's the exchange life. You give up your life so God can have your life. And, and that's what it's all about. I think about when I was a kid. Uh, well, I say a kid, when I was a young person. And uh, I was, man, I was, I was lost as a jaybird. My wife was backslidden. She had to have been backslidden to marry me. I knew that, you know, I knew I was in trouble. Here my second son, Jason, was on his way to be born. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm just a sinner. Man, the old devil says, see, Jim, marriage not what it's all cracked up to be. Why don't you fool, fool around? And so, boy, I knew Charleston Heston's Ten Commandments. I knew adultery was wrong. And so when I came to my wife, and I didn't tell her why, I just said, we need to pray. I didn't know how to pray. I could pray, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I could pray that one. Most of the time, I fell asleep before I finished the prayer. But anyway, I got a little prayer in, amen? I mean, it helped a little bit. And so I told my wife she needed to pray. And so what happened two weeks later after she prayed, I walked into our piano store and looked, and there was a, a man, Doug Ripley, uh, in there looking at a piano. When I walked through the door, man, there was a moving of the Holy Spirit. There was a drawing of the Holy Spirit. I said, man, there's something different about that guy, and I don't even know who he is. I never met him. I took over the transition from the secretary. I got that guy moved up to a more expensive piano, got in the office because Baldwin at that time, uh, they uh, you know, financed the piano. And the preacher looked up at me and he said, uh, Jim, can I ask you a question? I looked at him, I said, well, yeah, preacher, go ahead. And he said, are you right with the Lord? You know what I told him? I thought, I can quote John 3:16. I said to him, yes. I'm right with the Lord. But God knew better, and I didn't know where I was going. But he started sharing the gospel with me, and I started telling him, you know, I need to be in church. Next thing you know, I sell him a piano. But I met his wife. She was carrying a child about the same time my wife was. We just kind of hit it off. I started going to church. First of all, I wanted to make the preacher happy. If I made the preacher happy, I'd make me some money and get a sale. But I was also looking for something. And then God started speaking to my heart. The preacher knew how to deal with this fella. So what happened, you know, instead of a discipleship, Brother Glenn, you know what he did? 
he put another type of discipleship on me. He knew I liked to play basketball. So he said, well, Jim, why don't we go shoot baskets? I said, yeah, preacher, man, let's go shoot baskets. I'll tell you something, I didn't like that because uh, every time he shot the ball, I mean, he could shoot it like that, and the ball would go in. God was doing something. I thought, how in the world is this guy beating me playing basketball? So what happened? We would meet, and we'd play ball, we'd talk about the Lord. He was just kind of coaching me. That's what he was doing in the things of the Spirit. So what happened? This is what happened. I ain't kidding. We were out over there, out toward our place, uh, and there was a basketball court. We met. We were playing. And this is what he said to me. He said, Jim, you know, we'd like to see the church grow because when I started going, there was about 40 people. He got there when there was about 20. And he said, we'd like to see the church grow. He said, Jim, why don't you, uh, why don't you just uh, go out visiting with me? Oh, 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 hold on a second, preacher. Visiting? I don't think that kind of stuff works. But I thought, I like him. I'll go with him. I'll check it out. And you know, we'd go and we'd watch God work. I thought, man, this guy can witness. This is unreal. So one day he came up to me. Now, I had long hair right down to here. I mean, I was a pretty dude. I mean, I was. And a lot of people see our picture when we got married. A lot of people think, now who's that? You know, our wedding pictures. And Julia says, well, that was my first husband. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, the preacher came up to me and said, Jim, we'd like to get the Sunday school growing. Would you like to go to a conference with me so we can learn how to get the, the school going? I said, yeah, preacher. Let, uh, yeah, I'll go. He said, why don't you get your hair cut? I said, What? He said, get your hair cut. So I went and got my hair cut. I cut it from here and cut it right to here. And when I got to him, I said, well, I got my hair cut, and preacher, I'm going to get off work, and I'm going to be able to go. He said, I thought you got a haircut. He said, well, forget it. So we went. Now, we pick up a couple of stink. We're heading up north. We picked up some of the stinkiest hippies. I think they all stunk, but anyway picked up a couple sticky, stinky hippies, and Brother Doug said, Jim, here's a track. I want you to witness to them. Okay, we picked them up, and boy, did it smell. We're going down the road, and I'm thinking, i got to witness these hippies. I don't know how to do it. Can't do it. Waited and waited, trying to work it out. Brother Doug didn't say anything. Here I'm holding this track. They're sitting in the back. Next thing I know, I say, Brother Doug, i got to go to the bathroom, pull off up there. We walked in the bathroom and in tears. I said to him, Brother Doug, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I want to do it, but I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I can't do it. I can't get it. I, can't, I just can't do it. He said, that's all right, Jim. So we got back in the cars. The hippie got, hippies got back in the car. Man, he shared the gospel. It was so, so smooth. And I was so upset that I couldn't do it. Finally, we were going this way, and the hippies were going this way. Got them out. That car sunk the whole trip. Then I heard such preaching. 
I mean, I mean, you talk about some preaching about this world and about folks going to heaven and folks going to hell. And, and uh, you know, I was thinking about my family. I was thinking about my friends. I, I was thinking about folks that I'd run into. And, and it just bothered me, the fact that they're going to die and go to a devil's hell. All of a sudden, the preacher was up there preaching, and he said, said man, y'all need to get a haircut. And get your hair cut. And all of a sudden, this guy that was sitting by me at the conference, he poked me in the ribs and said, Amen. So I took it. And then all of a sudden, the subject changed, and it started talking about judging. And uh, he said, he, the preacher said, you ought not to be judging. I hit him in the ribs. I said, Amen. And then... It got down to the close of the sermon. It's killing me. The pastor there at the church said, I want all you pastors, and there were thousands there. I want only the pastors to come to the altar and pray for the power of God. And I said, oh God, I want the power of God. And I just tears. My, my pastor got up. He started walking. He got about so far, about this far from me. And I was envious that he could go and I couldn't go to the altar. And so then he turned around and he had tears in his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, Jim, come on. I said, I'm obeying my pastor, not that pastor. I got up out of my seat. And I fell down at the altar up there, men of God all over praying. And I just poured my heart out to God. I said, God, I want to be able to witness. I don't want my family to die and go to hell. And I just prayed. And I got up from there. And the preacher, we're, we were going home. And the preacher said to me, you know, Jim, I, I just believe God wants me to try to win 50 souls this month to the Lord. What do you think the Lord would have you to do? What, what, what number would you think the Lord would have? And I thought a minute and I said, well, I guess I can do half of what the preacher said. I said, well, I'll, I'll do 25. I went back to work, first day at work, in the morning. I was back there reading my Bible. I was back there pacing, praying. All right, Lord, first one that comes in, I'm going I'm, I'm to share. <laughs> You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to be with me. All of a sudden, about that time, the coat man comes in. I'm back there, and I'm looking at him. I'm watching him. He gets the cokes put up. And so I kind of headed him off at the past. Just before he got out of there, I headed him off. I said, hey. I said to the coke man, I don't remember his name. I said, uh, hey, can I, can I ask you something? He said, Yes, I said, if you were to die right now, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? And I kind of jumped back a little bit, like, what? what's going on with me? <laughs> and uh, he says, well, no. I whipped out my little testament. I started at Romans 3.23. I said, well, you know, the Bible says for all of sin. I started taking him down. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Man, I, I was walking down through that Roman road, and then I came to the closing part, and I said, listen. 
I said, you realize you're a sinner? You realize if you died, you'd go to hell? You realize that Jesus loves you and if you'd call upon the name of the Lord, you could be saved? I said, listen, do you want to be saved? And he said, yes, and tears were flowing down. And I led that old boy, the Lord, he left out of there. Man, I said, whoo, boy, that was something. I said, Lord, send in another one. And all week I was out sharing the gospel, knocking on doors, telling people at work, people that I just meet. And that week or that month, my pastor led 50 souls to the Lord. And that month, believe it or not, I led 25 souls to Jesus. Was it me? No, it wasn't me. But I wanted to be able to lead a soul to Christ. I've led my mom. I watched my dad. I could tell you stories about that. I've seen my brother saved. I've seen my sister saved. I mean, I've seen aunts and uncles come to the Lord. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, listen. What, it need, what we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me close up the message here this morning. The Bible says that he took, the Bible says, he says, he says, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they went on and talked that, behold, the, uh, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elisha went up by a whirlwind into heaven. That's like a picture of Jesus Christ in his ascension. But he's not going to leave us comfortless. And so what happened? And Elijah saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the charity of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And this is what he did. He took that mantle and he smote the Jordan. And all of a sudden, it and he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And that's the question I want to ask each and every one of us. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Listen, have you ever in your life led a soul to Jesus Christ? Have you ever had the boldness to stand up and have some convictions in your life and say, no, this is wrong, I won't do it? Have you had convictions in your life that says, I won't be a cusser, I won't be a a, a, a robber. I won't be a thief. I want the power of God. I want to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord Jesus Christ is my life. If you haven't led a soul to Jesus Christ, there's only one reason why you haven't. You haven't sought out the power of the Holy Spirit. You haven't surrendered at the Jordan and said, God, make me a witness. Make me a soul winner. Because if you do, God will give you the Holy Ghost fullness. And you will lead your first soul to Jesus Christ. Now you either can let the folks go to hell or you can try to influence toward heaven. It's all up to you. But I found out through these past 40 years, it's still a joy to tell 
that wonderful story about Jesus Christ. Now I want to ask you, as we call for the uh, invitation, if God spoke to you, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you haven't yielded yourself, if you haven't come to the place, God, make a witness out of me. Make a holy, bold witness out of me. Then you know what I suggest? I suggest you come on down right now to an altar and say, God, I want to win somebody to the Lord. I don't want to stand before you one day without having a soul saved. Oh, listen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Oh, I can tell you this. There's no better person that you could have in your life that will forgive you of your sins than the Lord Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you will bless the message. Lord, I pray that you will let these precious folks know that you have the power to give them the boldness that they need to be able to lead a soul to Christ and to share their faith with others. What a joy it is to talk about you, Lord. And I pray that you'll meet that.